Welcome to Grand Goals Eternal Family's podcast. Grand Goals Eternal Family is a ministry with the purpose of bringing God's love to the 99 and the 1. We are committed to fulfilling the Great Commission and Commandment. We do this by sharing with you fundamental revelational truths and knowledge from God's Word to encourage you, inspire you, and equip you in your daily walk with God and in His purpose for your life. Our discussions here will range from the gospel, Bible study, biblical truth, encouragement to real daily life martyrs. You can visit our website and check out our blog post at GrandGoldsEternalFamily.com for more content. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's episode. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Sunday Chat. I am Esther and I'm always happy to be here. It's always a pleasure. Today, I'd like to get real with you all and share with you why I do what I do. And why it's really important that we all know the reason why we do what we're doing. My goal is that by the time you're done listening to today's episode, you will be encouraged to also sit and consider why you do what you do, okay? Personally, I love knowing why I do something or why I should do something. Um, having a clear vision and mission produces focus. And focus will produce positive results and outcomes. So having a clear why also serves as a motivation and guides our intentions and ambitions when we begin to stay away from it. For example, in my career as a nurse, I have a why. And there are days when it gets hard, I feel like quitting, but because I have a clear why, I have a clear reason I do my job as a nurse, I continue to stay motivated and focus on my journey as a nurse. I don't know about you, but I have to know why I do what I do because without a reason, I won't be productive and I will be frustrated. I have to know why I should dedicate time and effort to something. As Christians, we must live a purpose-focused and focused-oriented life. We can't just live for the sake of living. I want to share with you a quick story um, about when I started my blog, GrandGoldsEternalFamily.com. Um, I just become a Christian then, so I was like total baby Christian. My intentions and why for starting a blog was very selfish. I mean, there was a little bit of, um, I want to, you know, teach God's word, but it was like 90% selfishness and just 10% to, you know, share God's word. Uh, the name of the blog was even previously my name. It used to be estherdamager.com. It was all about me. Um, I literally just tagged God's name to it. That is not to say if you have a Christian blog or if you have any blog at all that it's in your name or branded in your name it's not to say it's selfish or wrong no I am just saying that in my case 
it was. And my true intentions was just to create a brand for myself, hopefully get popular and all, you know. I was expecting lots of blog subscribers and readers in a short period of time. I had all my plans, but none of them worked out, okay? And after a lot of convictions and God just working on my heart, I finally changed. I renamed the blog's name to its current name, which is Gringo's Eternal Family. Sometimes you have to you know, go that extra, that extra mile sometimes when you, you know, you repent and change your mind about something. And of course, changing the name of the blog, guys, did not automatically get rid of my selfish ambitions. Um, to have a lot of subscribers and hopefully get some fame. No, it didn't, okay? I had to let that go over time um, because those unmet and unfulfilled selfish ambitions began to yield frustration. It began to yield sadness. It began to yield unfulfillment, you know, this feeling of unfulfillment of unfulfillment, you know, I didn't find joy of fulfillment in blogging because my definition of success was not met. I wasn't having lots of comments, lots of likes, lots of subscribers. I didn't have that. So the point is you will get frustrated when it doesn't turn out the way you thought it would. So when you step into that calling or purpose that God has called you to, or you begin to use those gifts that God has given you with a selfish ambition that is solely going to profit you and be all about you, you will be extremely frustrated when it doesn't turn out to be about you, you, you. Okay? And a God-given purpose, a vision, is never going to be just about you. That's how you're going to know, okay, this is definitely not God's will. If it's just going to benefit you, it is not from God. It's not a God-given purpose, all right? You will be frustrated when it doesn't turn out the way you thought it would. You'll be frustrated when things move slower than you expected. And we find so many people quitting things before they even properly start because the reason, the why they started in the first place wasn't godly. It wasn't, it was just wasn't right, okay? But when you step into that calling or purpose with the right heart, with a heart that is ready to serve rather than be served, a heart that is ready to follow God's leading, you will find joy peace, fulfillment, and true success in what you do. I also realized that if God had allowed me to become popular as I intended with those, you know, my selfish ambitions and all, it would have literally gotten me off the rail. And I wouldn't be the Christian that I, you know, becoming today. I probably will be one of those people that believe or preach about the prosperity gospel today because I would think that just tagging God's name to something is the recipe for success. I would think that just, you know, get saved, talk about God here and there, and voila, you will become successful. Well, this one, you know, popularity and influence and blah, blah, blah. You'll get all those. But I also learned that no, it doesn't happen that way, okay? But God was, you know, so good. He spared me from all of that. And I had to learn to surrender my selfish ambitions for His will. So back 
Then I was blogging and writing a lot and I would barely get one person to read my post. No likes, no comments, no shares, nothing. To be honest, guys, it was frustrating because I expected more. It was like I put my time and effort into this and no appropriate or substantial response. I was like, God, even a simple thumbs up would be fine, you know? <laughs> God, why am I doing this? Why, why, why? You know, I finally asked the right question. Like, why am I doing this? Why do I do what I do? Why do you do what you do? Is it for the likes? Is it for the comments? Is it for the shares, for the subscribers, for the money, for the attention, for the fame, for the followers? Why? I had to sit down and surrender my fantasies, my visions, my thoughts, my ambitions, my dreams that I had for my blog to God and even for my life to God. I had to ask myself, why am I doing this? Why do I pay for a blog domain? Why did I take my time to you know, design this blog? Because when I first started, I spent hours designing my blog. I did everything myself from the scratch. I spent hours and I had to know why I put that much time into that. Why did I take my time to sit down, open my Bible, study the Bible, understand it, write, draft, edict, and publish a blog post? Why? Esther, why do you, why do I take all that time to do that? To get popular? To get some likes, comments, attention, praise? No, no, no. Mm -mm. I put in way too much time to only look forward to something so later and temporary. I want permanent and internal impact and effects. I want to teach people the word of God. I want someone to read my blog post, Bible studies, and be encouraged to go back to their Bible to find out more, to read more. I want to encourage someone. I want to encourage another person to start a Christian blog so they can reach people that I can't reach. I want to preach the gospel to someone. I want to edify, equip the church, and I want to bring glory to God. And I also do what I do because it's a passion. It's a calling. Like, I'm called to this. I'm gifted for this. I enjoy writing. I enjoy teaching. I need low validation. That's my why. Like these are many more other reasons why I blog and why I also started this podcast. I had to get to the point whereby I was content with just one reader. No likes, no comments, no shares. One reader is a whole nation. That one reader could go on to share with someone else. That one reader could go on to be, you know, encouraged by that one blog post. And, you know, that could end up affecting their lives, you know, changing their lives, changing someone else's life. And it's like a ripple effect that is just keeps occurring. So don't just see one person as one reader as being little. Will you be faithful with a little? Will you not despise the small beginnings? Will you 
keep on doing what you do, even if it doesn't get that much attention. Frustration is, frustration was significantly reduced when I changed my why. My joy was increased. My peace was increased. My love was increased. Focus definitely was increased. Because now I know what I do, what I do. So why do, you, why do you do what you do? And I came to realize that no matter what as humans, we do always have a reason or, or why we start or do something. The real question is, is my why all about me or does it edify the church? Does it impact others positively? Does it bring glory to good? So like me, you might have started something with a selfish intention or a selfish why, a selfish ambition. It is not too late to change your why. Our God is so great that he can use something we started out of selfishness, rivalry, or jealousy for his glory. Like in Philippians 1, 15 to 18, Paul says, It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The farmer preaches Christ out of selfish ambitions, not sincerely, supposing that he can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? What does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. So Paul is saying, some people are preaching Christ out of goodwill and some are preaching him out of jealousy. But what does it matter? You see, God can still walk through your selfishness. He can still encourage people through your selfishness. He can still bring glory to the to himself through your selfishness. The church can still get edified through that thing you do for your selfish reasons. What does it matter? But the thing is, you will keep doing it and it will bring frustration to you and you will not get the full joy you should get if you would just change the reason why you do it. If you would have the right reasons, the godly reasons for why you do it. So God can still walk through our selfish reasons and our patience, but how much more amazing and rewarding will it be if we have the right reasons for doing things, if we do it out of goodwill and intentions. Popularity, wealth, fame, and worldly success should never, ever be the reason why we do anything that we do as Christians. Our focus and why should always be to serve God and serve others. Our labor should be inspired and motivated by love. If popularity, fame, wealth, and others do come, it should be seen and appreciated as a byproduct and means to even serve more because now you can reach more people. It should never be the main reason why we do what we do. 
It should never be the main reason why we serve. Why do you work where you work? Is it just for the money? Do you really, really get up early in the money and get back late at night just for the money? How has that been working out for you? Why do you serve at your local church? For example, if you are a greeter or an usher at your local church, why are you one? Is it to get more attention? To get people to compliment your outfit? To maybe, oh, catch the eyes of a Christian brother or sister who may end up becoming maybe your brother or your wife? Really? Seriously? <laughs> you will be frustrated when you don't get any of that. Because your will does not match up with God's will. But when you change your why and decide, I want to be an usher in my local church because I want to welcome people with a warm and wonderful smile. I want to greet them with a big hug and let them know that God loves them. And they're welcome at this church. And we love them at this church. I want to be light where I serve. You will serve with much more joy and peace. You will look forward to every Sunday because you get to do that. It is still my prayer that God will kill every selfish ambitions and vision in me. We have been called, we've been saved, we've been gifted, we've been equipped, not for ourselves, but for the edification of the church, to serve others and to bring glory to God. Nothing is more bounding to a Christian that still hopes to gain the whole world and serve God fully at the same time. It's never possible. You cannot serve God in money. You can't serve God in fame. You can't serve God in selfish ambitions. You're gonna have to let go of one. I also want us to know that having the right perspective is very important when we serve. Serving is not always easy, especially when it comes with discomfort or pushes us out of our comfort zone. So maybe yeah, God has called you to that. And you know why he has called you to it? Or you just don't like it, or it comes with discomfort, and you're just really reluctant about it, and you're trying to quit already. I would like to employ you to maybe change your perspective about it. I remember when I first started my first job as a nurse, I was so bent on working in a hospital. Like, you know, working in a hospital is a big deal as a nurse. I feel like, I don't know, that's kind of like the top of your career. It's, I mean, especially as a new graduate nurse. But I wasn't getting any interviews or any offers at a hospital. So one fateful day, my school sent out a job opportunity, um, a job, um, you know, yeah, opportunity at a, as a home health pediatric nurse. So that means I have to go to people's homes to take care of their of their children, you know, of this um, children that need health care. 
So this will require me to travel to my patient's home to care for them. I didn't want this job. In fact, <laughs> oh my God, that is so awesome. I remember writing to, to the family I was going to be working with for my interview. I emailed the dad and I told him, sir, to be honest, I don't want to work with you. Like, I don't want to do this job. I want to work in a hospital. But for some reason, I cannot get this job out of my head. It's like God keeps telling me to go do this job. So I'm going to apply. I'm going to send you my resume. Let me know if you're going to take me. If you don't take me, that will be awesome. But if you do take me, I have no choice. I'll do my best. Thank you. It was the worst interview application ever. But this man sent me a message and he said, awesome. You have an awesome resume. I'll take you. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my. But it's like, I couldn't even talk myself out of that job. I couldn't, I couldn't ruin my way out of that job. It's like, <laughs> so I had no other options. So I took the job. My initial why for taking this job was God is calling me to this job. And for now, I don't have any other options. So I'm just going to do this for now and keep applying to other jobs. Maybe I find something better. So I started working with this amazing family, guys. The family is amazing. But the distance from my house to their house is about an hour. And it can be worse when there's traffic. I hated it. Like, I already don't have a strong passion for this job. Now, I have to travel so far to get to this job. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're just going to make things worse, could you, God? <laughs> like... I had that I had to travel so far to go to work. So I would complain to God on my way to work, during work, from work. I complained. <laughs> I complained a lot. Now that I think about it, I was complaining a lot. I think I would complain to my friends about it. <laughs> but, you know, God finally said to me, Esther, how about you talk to me? on your way to and from work. You know, those one hours, they're a great opportunity for us to talk more, for us to connect more. We can even talk during your work hours. We don't have to stop talking, Esther. I'll be your work partner. Take me to work. Keep me at work. And we'll go home together. And I was like, I didn't really find that idea amusing, you know, I was like, seriously, God? Like, really? But I decided to give it a try. So I had to change my perspective from seeing this one hour drive as a discomfort, but as an opportunity to communicate and connect with God more. And I had to see this current job I was as, you know, something I'm just doing for the time being, but as a privilege to, you know, be in this family's life and helping them with their child and gives them the opportunity to do so many other things, I had to change my perspective. 
So I would listen to sermons on my way to work, or I would praise on my way to work, or I would just talk to God on my way to work. I would pray. I would, you know, we'll just chat. Like I would never imagine the Holy Spirit sitting on, on my, on, you know, on the seat next to me, and we would just talk. It was the best eight months of my life. I ended up staying for eight months, guys, and. It was because I had to move to another state, even though I probably would still be at that job. It was amazing. I came to love it. I came to, the frustration was so reduced. I came to actually look forward to going to work. And I would get to work sometimes, I'd be like, oh my God, that was a fast drive. Like, I want more hours. <laughs> and I came to appreciate what I do. I came to see my job as a privilege. And I just loved it. So when I changed my perspective and my why, I came to love my job more. Like it was never about the money. It wasn't. So I want you to sit down and consider, why do you do what you do? And be honest with yourself. It takes humility to acknowledge that, okay, I've been really selfish about what I'm doing and I don't really have a good reason for doing it. So it's either I, you know, stop doing it and stop wasting my time and effort, or can I change the reason why I do this? Can I find a more rewarding reason, a more godly reason for doing what I'm doing? You might have started with a selfish vision and a perspective, and it might be frustrating to you right now, and you're thinking of quitting even though you've been caught to it. I'm persuading you that you should sit down, be genuine and honest and try to write out at least three to five reasons why you are currently doing what you do. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? And if you write them out and it's like, uh, it's all about me, me, me. <laughs> you might have to change that. Like, take it to God. Take it back to God. Father, God, does this align with your will for me? Give me a better reason for this. Lord, I know you've called me to this, but maybe I didn't get it right the first time. Help me to get it right this time. God wants you to enjoy what he has called you to do. There is joy in purpose. It should not be frustrating. It should not be dependent on other people's validations and praises. It might be uncomfortable. It might come with persecutions, it might come with sufferings, but it should never, ever be frustrating. It should bring joy, peace, and love. Because this should be a godly reason for doing it. There should be a reason that serves others, a reason that loves others, a reason that impacts others for doing what you do. So that's my tidbit for you guys today. <laughs> That's what I wanted to share with you. And so thank you so much for listening. And I hope you take the time, you know, to ask yourself, why do I do what I do? Okay. 
God bless you so much. Have a glorious week. You are eternally loved. Bye-bye.